St. Louis Public Radio's The Gateway gives you the day's news first thing every weekday morning. From the ever-evolving relationship between St. Louis City and County to developments in the Missouri and Illinois state capitals and reports from our correspondents in Rolla and the Metro East. We put it all in a roughly 10-minute package with clarity and context. Download The Gateway wherever you get podcasts. Every marriage has drama, but Christina Rios and Mark Kelly's relationship has more than most. Yeah, and it's not because they have four kids and that they're managing both the toddler and the teenage years. Well, that's probably accounting for some of the drama. Yeah, well, sure. But mainly it's because they're both in theater. I'm Nancy Fowler. And I'm Willis Ryder-Arnold. And this is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast. So Rios and Kelly are both actors, and they also do some behind-the-scenes stuff. Rios founded and runs a St. Louis theater company called RS Theatrics. He works at Washington University and does theater on the side. She grew up in St. Louis, a Mexican-American child of a single mother. He comes from a white, middle-class household in Chesterfield. We talked with them about how they do all this, plus the four kids, and stay sane. The way they describe it themselves, it's almost like a fairy tale. So I wanted to start off by asking you to tell the story of how you met. I saw him in Comedy of Errors, St. Louis Shakespeare's Comedy of Errors, in 2008. Um, And he had been on stage for about 90 seconds. And I leaned over to my friend Leslie and I said, I'm going to marry that man and have a million babies. Uh, And she said, What made you think that? Uh, Everything in... It sounds so corny. It was really like my soul just kind of recognized the other half of it. Everything in me was like, there you go. And you know how for years people will go, you'll just know. And you're like, thanks, that's no help at all, actually. Um, you, You genuinely do just know. And I saw him and I was like that one. And she said, who is he? And I said, I I have no idea. And so I picked up a program and I was like, this guy right here, his name is. So you didn't even know his name. No, I'd never seen him before in my whole life. So Mark, did you have that vibe from the (laughs) stage? (laughs) No, no, I did not. Um, I do remember meeting her afterwards though. Uh, Yeah, so she introduced herself. I was was, super charming. uh, But then we kind of started, um, I think, talking on Facebook. Um, But at that point, uh, I was actually had plans. I was moving to New York City. Uh, At that point, I was living in my parents' basement. I had been gigging around the country as an actor up to that point. So in between gigs, I'd come back to Chesterfield and and live with my parents for and temp for a couple months and go to the next gig. So at that point, I decided to move to New York. Um, And so we kind of started talking like the month before leading up to that. So then you came together and you started this relationship. But you were both coming from pretty different backgrounds. You were in Brooklyn. You were here in St. Louis. You were both involved in the arts. How did those different backgrounds kind of inform the start of your relationship? Um, Well, I think... As vastly different as we are, and there are uh, clearly a lot of things that are super different, one thing that we always had in common that we always knew was really important was our faith, Um, and we are a very... um, I don't really want to say religious because that's not true. I hate that term. I hate that term. Um, But God is very important to both of us. So how does that faith then, like, inform the kind of approach that you take to your theatrical pursuits, either of you? Oh, or does it? Maybe it doesn't at all? Well, I always refer to our company as a family. Like, you know, there's... Arts theaters? Yep. Yeah. I think there's, there's a kind of two different methodologies behind running a theater company. And I do what I think is, called, is more of a family approach where there's a hierarchy, you know, like, and you don't want to upset mom. Um, but, but it's all about then uh, under, that, under that umbrella, you have 
forgiveness and you have acceptance and you have love and you have patience and you have kindness and you have understanding and all of that and you know that everyone around you feels the same way and because I hope that I set up a system that feels that way that feels like you're you're around family and it's okay to fail and it's okay to try new things and it's a safe place in, in terms of that that it allows you to be a stronger artist no matter what you do because when failure doesn't really matter, when making a wrong choice doesn't really matter because you know that you're supported by everyone around you, you tend to make, I think, stronger choices anyway. And then I think you tend to bounce back from the ones that didn't go so well faster. So I'm just curious, you know, you have this very strong affinity for each other and this kind of like core set of principles that unites you, but you were coming together with a personal relationship and you've done collaborations. And I'm curious, how did those things intersect for a while? I mean, professionally and personally? Yes. Ah. Uh, how do you like being directed by me? It's awesome. Um, I mean, yeah, so I mean... Every I, minute is awesome, really. I, I know Look I sound like I'm just being a gushing husband whose wife is staring at him right now when he's talking about <laughs> this, but it's true. I... I I you know I love I mean I mean I've I've been an actor for most of my adult life um, I'm an adult is acting I'm also a sound designer um, but I, I love working with her as a director in either, either of those capacities um, you know there's definitely a hierarchy we know it's an equal marriage you get to rehearsal and there's the director and then there's the actor um, but uh, as an actor it's 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 so wonderful to trust the director implicitly with what he or she is trying to do um, you're free to try things and and make choices in rehearsal and and even follow direction you don't fully understand, but go, well, I'm, well, I'm going to try it. And it works. And it's lovely to see. Can you tell a story about um, a specific incident in which there was a direction that you might have questioned, but because it's Christina, you went, you just went with it and it worked? Oh, man. Um, I can tell you I've seen that look a ton of times. <laughs> and it, and, it, goes, and it goes like... So here, here's a good difference like, between my wife and I is oh. that she has an elephant's memory and I sometimes have trouble remembering what I had for breakfast. Uh, so the very first thing that I ever directed ever, um, oh, and, yeah. and to be fair, this was already, it was, he was already cast in it before I started directing it, um, was, uh, for all intents and purposes, was uh, Suicide Incorporated. Uh, when we were at the Crestwood Art Space. Can and, you explain what that play is? Uh, just Suicide briefly? Incorporated? It's hilarious. Uh, it is by Andrew Hinderaker. It really is. Um, and it's basically a play about um, what if there was a professional company that would write your suicide letter for you? Like, Mark. you come in, I'm going to kill myself. Here's what I would like to say. Great. We'll make it sound great. Because this is the last document you'll ever write. It's the last word you'll ever say. So it needs to be sound good and make and be clear. Because, you know, um, you, that's the one that you, you want to get the punctuation right on. And so B was was the boss, and Mark Saunders is, like, the all-too-willing employee. And Mark's the new hire. Mark's the new guy, the new hire. Aaron Dodd was his uh, little brother. Charlie was a client. But... One of the things that I kept trying to explain, I remember that very first table read, stop hitting things, why are you so angry? Thank the microphone, um, I'm excited. You know, I'm sitting around the table with these, with, with all men, um, and all men that I have grown up either watching or grown up in the theater with, for the most part, uh, and now it's my turn to give, and I was just terrified, um, and I was like, like, back of the knee sort of sweat and um, my big thing is I'm always like fake it till you make it but I just sat there like and tried to come off super confident and cool uh, and I remember I told Mark uh, you know that there's a beat there I need you to make it four times as long before you say that and w once you've made it four times as long I need you to like take two more and then say it and it's a long beat but it's supposed but it's long pause. but it's a but it's a big a big 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 reveal that we've kind of wondered about you know what I'm thinking of I um, think so um when he asks you, how did he? When he asks you, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Stop yelling while you're so angry. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> and 
I don't think he understood why I was drawing this moment out so long. And I think on the other end of the table, it must have felt like it was being really melodramatic. And so he was like, mm, okay. And he he fought me on it. And there's a couple times that there was just like four beats or three beats. I'm like, I know I asked for six. Four plus two is totally different than that. And so I, I said one more time, because I always tell them jokingly and adorably, all my actors, I'm like, I'll give you the same note three times. And after that, I'm just going to throw it away and never give it to you because I assume that you hate me or you don't trust this. So this is the third time you get it. So, like, let's shoot for it. And if you don't want it, then I think we all know it'll never be said again. And I said, in that moment, I want the audience to be able to see in your face that this is the first time you have ever said it out loud. And if it's the first time you've ever said it out loud, you can't be ready to say it. And so you need four to get ready to say it and then two to actually get it out. So it's not a long beat. It's not a long pause. It's four plus two. And, and, then, so, he, and then he did it. And, it and, he, and he cried. In a good way. For, a good because way. the character would be, not because I was weeping because I was actually not actor. It was so beautiful but, um, that he just started weeping. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but, but yeah, but that's, that's the thing. And I think at this point, I don't really question, even if I don't understand. I go, well, no, I'm sure this will figure it out. And if not, I can ask a question and we can talk about it. Um, it's an, I, I've worked with lots of directors, and uh, it's, it's difficult to do a show when you don't trust the director knows what he or she is doing, or um, due to incompetency or because you don't agree with their vision of the character or show. And as an actor, it's not your job to, to question. It's not your job to try to dictate it. You're just, you're just you're a talking prop is what you are. Um, but it can be frustrating as an actor when you're in a production you don't necessarily think is true in the right direction. But you, you know, because you're the one up sta- on stage saying the lines in the way you were told to say them, and if you look like a, you know foolish or look like you're not doing your job, it's on you. It's not because of the direction you were given. Um, but it's it's so it's wonderful to to work with a director who is I just I trust implicitly. I, mean, I know her better than anyone else. I'm, I'm her husband, but I think as an actor, I, I she's the best I've ever worked with. And I'm not saying that as her husband. I say that as, as an actor who's worked with a lot of people. Um, she she sees the big picture. Um, and is able to, uh, so you can focus on your little picture in your particular role. Um, and, and she, I don't know, she's brilliant. I, uh, you know, some people see the forest, some people see the trees, and she sees the forest and the trees and all the little pine needles on those trees. Um, and she's able to convey that in a way to, to the actors that they understand and that they go with. Um, and it's wonderful. It actually, really, there's this lovely amount of trust that starts to build up between the cast and the director, and it's a lovely, um, safe place to work in. A lot of trust that starts to build up between the cast and the director, and it's a lovely, um, safe place to work in. And you just mentioned that word trust, which is Im- like incredibly important both mm-hmm. in theater, given that it's collaborative, mm-hmm. and then, then it's collaborative in front of a bunch of people, <laughs> and it's a very important thing in a relationship. Mm-hmm. How did you establish that trust kind of between you both professionally and personally. I don't know Ooh. if we actually had a conversation about it. Or just, I mean, well, I think early on we definitely had problems with it, um, yeah. and that's because just, just, <clears throat> you know, for for lack of a better way to put it, I think we were in two very different places. You know, at that point, we're talking about our relationship. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, um, I I had kind of gotten to the point in my life where I I was pretty happy with my life and maybe the love of my life was my daughter and I was totally fine with that. You know, I was kind of like done chasing and done dating and done with the the, the picture that I thought that I always wanted. And so I had finally come to a really nice place of just, I'm good. And because of that, I wasn't actively seeking anyone to fill that hole. 
so because I wasn't, then early on we had, you know, a bunch of stumbles and it was very easy for me to go like, well, maybe this is just never going to work. You know, it's okay to love somebody. It's okay to want somebody, but it's not okay to let somebody drag you down. Can you tell us about one of those stumbles and what that looked like? Oh, gosh. Um, I will say from where I was when we started the relationship, in a much different place. Like, you know, Christina was, was working two jobs. She was going to school. She was raising her daughter chiefly by herself. Um, and I was a single guy living in New York who was, didn't have a great deal of responsibility. Um, and those he did, I, I'll admit, I was not very uh, mature about dealing with. I mean, I think you know, I was in my mid to late 20s, um, but I, I think I had a great deal of lack of accountability. Uh, and uh, that definitely informed part of our relationship initially because I was not willing always to take credit or take responsibility for my actions or my mistakes. Um, and I think I w- when I moved to New York, I was like, I had this mindset of like, I'm moving to New York, be a single guy, gonna have fun, gonna get around the country. This is what I'm gonna do for the next few years. All right, this is the plan. Of course, when you have a plan, life goes, no, that's not your plan. Here's the right. plan. And of course, that's when I then she came into my life. That was not part of the plan. And I fought that too. I was like, no, no, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing this. I'll come back to this later. I'm sure this will be here later. I'll find it later. Um, and I really came down to a point where she put it down. I was, it was that typical thing. She said, I love you. And I did not say it back. Yep. Um, and and I, I vividly him. remember that moment. You yeah, did I, not say it I back. I did not say it back. Nope. I, I felt it, but I did not say it because I wasn't really, really to admit it to myself that it was that serious. And then I, I didn't got on I a plane and headed back to St. Louis and was like, well, yep. there it is. And by the time I got back, I think I had something like, 18 missed messages. Oh, there was that many, but or yes. Something crazy. It, was, it was probably more like Were they all like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you? And I think they were like, I'm an idiot. I don't know what yeah. I, I didn't, you know, I blah, blah, blah. And, and I think two days went by and he said, I'm, I'm moving back to St. Louis and we're going to get married and we're going to make this work and don't give up on me and I can be adult. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> um, but, you know, but So also, there's something you agreed on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, I mean, she, and because I think because you know she had a daughter, and because she was very much set on what, and she had high standards for how she lived her life, and because it reflected as her as a parent, um, she didn't really compromise with how I wanted to do things. She was like, you know, you have to either grow up or we can't do this, and because it's not just you, it's it's me and our daughter and you. It's you know, this, it, I think for me, I, I literally went from single guy to part of a family. Uh, and stepping into a father role for the first time. Uh, and that's a tough transition when you were like, you're, you're determined to be the crazy single guy, and suddenly you... you <laughs> kind of suddenly, with that. Yeah, I mean, every, <laughs> you're not at all emotionally prepared for that. Um, so there was, you know, that's part of the transition for me was understanding that I have to consider everyone else's schedule, not just my own. I have to consider everyone else's feelings, not just my own. I mean, I was in a very selfish place. And I think, you know, in your 20s, and especially as an actor, you're going to be selfish. That's kind of the nature of the beast. But um, here for them. They're, this this is my This is my world now. It's them. Um, and it's... That's the best choice I ever made was make it about them and not about me. And now there are three more of you. Yeah, now now yeah. we're a family of six. How does that work, you know, you don't domestically and career-wise? And um, how does that all work? Um, I, you know, we get that question a lot, and I have, I have a lot of snide funny answers go to. But I think, like, ultimately the best one is always that – you really can't stop to think about it. Mm-hmm. If you stop to think about all the different ways in which you can and will fail throughout the course of a day and all the things that you can't do that you need to do, um, I would imagine it's pretty overwhelming and it would be difficult to even get out of bed. And so I have always been excellent with schedules. 
I have always been excellent with routine. I've, I've always been. been. Yes, he is not. <laughs> That's why I wish you strong and I'm weak, <laughs> which is one reason we work. I have always been excellent with organization, and I am almost painfully logical and pragmatic. And so it's everything is just routine. So we're up, and it's potty, and it's dressed, and it's. I mean, we have songs for everything. Mm. Like what? Um, what is it? Uh, how's that that Daniel Tiger one? Daniel Tiger is awesome. Full like, songs. Potty. Um, oh, wait, you, you the mean, five ones. I don't, I don't know that one. Like first potty, then teeth, then or no, first potty, then dressed, then teeth, then we brush, or then we Breakfast put on tea. our shoes. Are you like this in your theater pursuits as well? Uh, yeah, there's probably. less sing-song instruction. <laughs> although to be fair, every, less talk of potties. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. Although to be fair, if there's anybody listening um, from the RS family, they know that every rehearsal begins with "Welcome, welcome, everyone. Now we're here. Let's have some fun." And it's always intended to make everyone feel really uncomfortable. Um, and <laughs> and yet and yet everybody laughs in an uncomfortable moment and so then it's like great all right here we are and we're ready to laugh and and even especially for what we're doing is exceptionally heavy it's nice to have that moment that we're all kind of like i always say i'll be a common goal or a common enemy like whichever whichever my production needs at the time um but at the beginning hopefully at least i'm a common goal because i make everybody laugh given that you have this like strong family support life how do you kind of use that to keep going with rs productions well, that's a great I question. mean, I think, she, I mean, I've known, I've, I know she's known couples who are involved in, in theater professionally who end up the relationship or marriage sometimes falls apart because it's difficult sometimes to, to separate the two and also to take your egos out of the equation. Um, you know, one actor is more successful than the other actor in the relationship. That well, that actor can get jealous and and, and passive aggressive. The other actor reacts well. That. Yeah, and and it, and it's or even more when one's a director, one's an actor, when there's a status difference professionally. Um, I think. Christine and I, there, I mean, there's no s- secret. I, mean, I think what it comes down to is we just have complete and respect and love for each other. Um, we both have the shared value that the most important thing is our kids and our family. That's Always. above everything else. Um, and understanding that we, you know, there has to be comic work, there has to be teamwork, there has to be compromise. We, we have to work together to make things happen. I mean, the way the schedule generally works out, because as an actor, I only do one show a year generally right now, just because the number of kids we have, the ages they are, we're, you know, the, we, we have a 16-year-old, the other three are under the age of six. Um, I work during the day, five days a week, you know, full time, and then I come home in the evenings. And so if I'm rehearsing a show, I, I would come home from like an hour, hour and a half for dinner and then be gone the rest of the evening. I wouldn't see my kids anymore. That's, that's tough. That's hard for them. It's hard for me. They inspire everything I do as an artist. They make me a better person. They make me a better actor and a sound designer. My wife's part of this. I mean, um, and I, I speak only for myself. I don't say this is the answer to happiness for everybody, but I, I, I can't imagine doing anything else than taking care of these gross, messy little people who, and gross, messy teenagers who, who, have tested me and taught me and, and given me uh, and given me their love back and it's it's beautiful and, and I you, love it and, and when you know that that's who's at home it makes it feel really important um, for me like to determine what what shows I want to produce because ultimately I believe that art changes the world for the better I think that you change the world one person at a time one story at a time um, and if you get really 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 lucky you can have one story that changes multiple people at a time and then they go out and maybe they're a little kinder or they think a little differently about their interactions and ultimately it's because it's so that then when my kids grow up maybe the world is a little nicer. That was Christina Rios and Mark Kelly talking about their life in theater and with each other. 
This is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast, produced by Nancy Fowler and Willis Ryder Arnold, with the help of our editor, David Casares. The music you heard was from music producer Trifecta. You can find Cut and Paste at stlpublicradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. St. Louis Public Radio's podcast series, Cut and Paste, is made possible by space, architects, designers, and builders, creating St. Louis's favorite spaces. If you have a smart speaker, you have access to the entire world of NPR and St. Louis Public Radio. All the latest news and all the captivating stories. Activate our voices with yours by telling your smart speaker to play St. Louis Public Radio.